You're listening to Culture Matters, a podcast of the Village Church Resources. This is Adam Griffin, and I'm here with my co-host, the Adam Hawkins. We have some very special guests with us today, David Roark, our producer and sometimes person in the studio, and of course, Mr. Timothy Thomas, our special guest today. Everybody say hey to Timothy. Timothy, so glad you are here. Timothy. What's happening? So glad you're with us, Timothy. Oh, clap. Timothy, question right off the top here for you, buddy. What Uh-oh. is the most scared you've ever been watching a movie? What movie scared you the off most? Off the top, uh huh. The Ring. The Ring. Mm. Mm. The yes. Ring. Did that you watch is... it by yourself or with a group? I was with a group. I was with my cousin in Maryland. My mom wasn't anywhere around. No <laughs> oh, grown-ups yeah. were anywhere around. So, and then I had to go back to my cousin's house and sleep in the basement. Oh, with him. oh, oh so. no, man. <laughs> nope. So nope. that was, was Me, pretty scary. The Ring was my scariest, too. I watched it, though, by myself in a college dorm room, and it was so free. It was middle of the night. Watched it by myself. So inadvisable. Why would you do that? I don't know. Yourself? I was just thinking, hey, cool, scary movie. I watched about get myself scared. You know, some people think like, oh, scared will be fun. And then afterwards, I'm like, that is not fun. No, it's, it's I not. I never want to do it again. No. Adam, same question, buddy. What's the most scared you've ever been watching a movie? It was alone, and I think I, like, stayed up late, and I was too young, you know, (laughs) and I think I stayed up late and, like, turned HBO on or something, and there's this movie called In the Mouth of Madness. Oh, my, that movie is really creepy. And I... How old do you think you were when you were watching this? Oh, I would be, my parents will probably call and I'll be in trouble. Uh, I was too Let's young. Let's get them on the line. Yeah. <laughs> I was way too young. I don't know, probably middle schoolish. Okay. And I just remember, maybe it was just me and my brother watching it, but I, I don't, I mean, it, I don't know if I slept. Really? Like it was wow. so terrible. Like, did it stay yeah. with you for a while? Yes. And like I mean, weeks? I think one of my biggest fears, and maybe it was just subconscious then, is like going crazy. And that's part of the movie. And oh. it's really terrible. It's I mean, had long-lasting effects yeah, on you. Yeah. David, you've watched a million movies. You've probably watched as many movies as anybody I know. Did anything ever freak you out watching movies? Uh, yes, mainly because of the experience around it. I was on a road trip in college. We were in California. It was the, like the last few hours there in San Diego. I don't know why we went to a movie in San Diego. Better things to do. But we saw a movie which I probably wouldn't recommend, The Hills Have Eyes, uh-huh. which takes place in the desert. So we watched the movie, and then we immediately... That night, drove into the desert. Into the desert, back to <laughs> Oklahoma. At that <laughs> point, and <laughs> oh my gosh, what's the premise? It's like people that live out in it, these hills. These people like go do a vacation in the middle of the desert, which I don't. Or maybe they're just traveling through the desert with like their camper, okay, and like these crazy hillbilly. Oh. Careful, morph people allergy <laughs> I don't okay. I don't know what they are enhanced individuals <laughs> I don't know how to explain they come out them. and they attack people yes they like try to uh, kill I'm these just, people can I just say I'm glad you were relatable there and actually talked about like a horror film and weren't like the scaredest I've ever been is watching some terrible movie you know what I mean and like juke something that way. something really like, like a documentary about sugar yeah it was so scary <laughs> <laughs> or like it was terrible it's art ruining America yes that is terrifying <laughs> the ring was scary to me though because like everywhere you go there's a TV screen and it's yeah. like that becomes a portal of evil it's like uh, what's the other one I watched uh, paranormal activity where it's just like basically if you if you are living inside indoors you could be haunted right now by a demon the reality of those things it oh. really freaks me out and i'll be honest i don't love 
horror flicks. I don't watch them. I don't enjoy getting scared anymore, but for a time I thought, that seems like fun. I was wrong. <laughs> Timothy, I was wrong. <laughs> On this episode, we're going to do a little bit of a cultural roundup. We're going to talk about Jordan Peele's new movie, Us, along with the recent death of a rapper, entrepreneur, activist, Nipsey Hussle. And we'll talk a little bit about the social phenomenon that is uh, Hamilton playing right now off-Broadway around the country. All right, before we jump into today's topics, let's first make sure we thoroughly introduce our special guest, Timothy Thomas. Timothy, he's a longtime member of the Village Church, currently at the South Lake Campus, uh, public school teacher, coach, regular writer for publications like Christ and Pop Culture, where he writes about faith and culture. Timothy, I'm so glad to have you with us today. I'm happy to be here. We're going to find out if I'm a better listener at podcast than I am a participant podcast. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Adam, you just recently subscribed to a new podcast. What uh, what podcast did you subscribe to today? A little number called Culture Matters. Oh, you're our newest subscriber. Mm. subscriber. I'm, glad. I'm glad to hear it. Well, uh, let's so get into our first let's get into our first topic. We're going to talk about Jordan Peele, who's made a couple movies already that I think David, would you classify these as horror movies? They're kind of kind of split genres, aren't they? Yeah, I feel like they they dabble in the horror genre, maybe not full-blown horror movies. The more recent one Us is a little bit more horror than Get Out is, but you yeah. could call them that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I watched when I watched the trailer for Us, I got freaked out. So that's when I know, like, okay, this is, to me, it's horrifying, even if it's not in the horror genre. Anybody else watch the trailer for that before you went to see it? To me, that freaked yeah. you out at all? Yeah. Yeah, it did, absolutely. And, and at first I said, nah, I'm not, <laughs> not going to watch it. That. <laughs> yeah. So, but it was uh, worth it, though. Huh? Yeah, you, yeah, it was. It's honestly one of those misleading trailers, though, because I've had a lot of conversations with friends. They're like, it looked terrifying, but then when I went to see it, and all the scary parts were in the trailer. So they yeah. definitely hinge the trailer around that more than the movie is, is that right? in and of itself just scary. Not that it's still still pretty freaky. still pretty scary and freaky in parts, but yeah. Yeah. Well Jordan Peele's an interesting character too. I mean he had this kind of comedy sketch show for a while. So in my head he's kind of a goofy guy, but now he's made some really like award winning films very early on in his directorial career. And he wrote them as well. Mm-hmm. Right. He wrote them, direct them. Why is he an important filmmaker for us right now? Maybe particularly for Christians, why would it be worth noting, hey Jordan Peele's on the scene. He's on the Hollywood scene. I mean, I think, yeah, he, he's interesting because he, he got to start as a comedian. And if you haven't ever watched Key and Pill, definitely recommend that show. Um, I don't know if that's, is it still going? No. no. Okay. I, sometimes when I watch scary things, this is a side note, sometimes when I watch scary things on TV, I will end the night with an episode of Key and Pill to sort of <laughs> make, cleanse the palate. Yeah, cleanse, <laughs> cleanse the palate a little bit. Uh, my wife and I have done that on more than one occasion. Um, I think he's important because um, he, on the one hand, he's a great filmmaker, yeah. and even though that he's just made two films, feature films at this point, um, he's making really, really good movies, and he's also making movies. He is a black filmmaker, and he's making movies that are. Um, the first movie that he made is obviously about race, and it's mm-hmm. um, centered around the issue of race relations, specifically in the United States, and it's taking on a lot of things that are pertinent in culture right now. And then us gets at some of the same things, but even goes a little bit wider and talks about class and the history of America and things like that. So I would say, one, he's just making really good movies, so we should pay attention to someone who is really good at their craft and is is doing good things artistically, but also I think he's communicating some things that um, are useful and helpful for us to think about, specifically as Christians living in in the United States. That's good. I think uh, one of the things about Jordan's movies like that you brought up 
they do have like a point and a meaning to them, right? They have layers to them. It's not just pure entertainment, which I appreciate, I think is great. Now, I haven't seen Us, but my understanding is conceptually too, it talks about what if the most dangerous thing is kind of internal? What if it's us attacking us, right? Is that the concept? Somebody who's seen it, uh, help me out and any listener who hasn't seen it. What is this movie about? Yeah, so that's what it, especially like looking at the trailer, that's what it looks like. Okay, this is this is going to be a very deep, introspective look at ourselves mm-hmm. um but i think what probably i appreciated about it most is that it wasn't so on the heels of get out mm-hmm. you know i'm thinking more along the lines of you know race relations and, and things like that um but this was an all-encompassing film where it's like okay everybody especially those of us who enjoy the comforts of middle class america um we're all guilty to some degree, either mm-hmm. because uh, we don't really we we ignore history, um, or we downplay it, um, or we try to clean it up and make it seem, you know, make it feel good to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, and so in that light, it, it's kind of like no, we all have a history that can come back to haunt us if we don't if we do not actually face it and deal with it and acknowledge mm. it for what it is. Um, and I don't know if I gave too much away. I mean, I think at this point, I think now, at this point to so. have a good conversation with it about it, we yeah. probably just need to. Yeah. But, but even thinking through all the things we just said, what what is so great about Jordan Peele and, and Get Out and then Us as well is just the, um, so it's, it is deep and it's layered and it's smart. Uh, but it's not heavy-handed, and it's also entertaining. Do you know what I mean? It feel like, like he's just trying to make a point, and he's coming at you hard and saying, "You need to think this because I think this." I don't. I mean, I actually don't. Like, it's not a. They're not documentaries. You right. know what I mean? And it's there's something there, and there's something for the 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 um you know the person watching. There's something deep for them to consider and reflect on and think through but even the genre choice is so smart Mm. so to do that through horror films or through these films it's like it's not straightforward it's not a drama where somebody's just like having to come to grips with the past or something you know it's like this really interesting a very accessible medium that the everyday sort of american person would watch and enjoy and i talk to people sometimes who watch it who have watched these movies that don't really think about the more significant things. They're like, I just wanted to see a scary, so a scary movie or an yeah. entertaining movie, and yeah. and it was that. And then like I start to talk about like what it's about, and they're like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't even really think about that. And I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, that's kind of the what, theme, the point. That's kind of what the what he's getting at. But huh. so, but that's a that's a praise to him that's at what, what I mean. he's yes, doing exactly. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Ah, that's interesting. So the themes. Uh, did you walk away surprised by any of the things, or challenged by any of the things, or just like, oh, that's an interesting way to make that point? I think so because it really, it really flips this idea of. So, like you see in the trailer, that it's all about doppelgangers. These people who show up that look like a shadow version of yourself, and they're attacking these people. Um, it flips it on its head because you kind of. You think of those people as the bad guys the whole time or this kind of this other group of people. Yeah. But like there's a twist and I don't need to give that away. But he's really trying to get at the fact that like, oh, it's you. Like you're the problem. You're the problem. You're the problem. And like you have to come to terms with that, um, Mm. which I found really challenging. Um, And it's just it's smart because um, he's he's really making this point that like we it's not someone else, not some sort of outside 
force or anything. It, it, it's ourselves that are we're killing ourselves. Like yeah. that's mm-hmm. I think that's what he's trying to get at. And if we don't do something about our trajectory as Americans, he's thinking specifically about America. That's why it's called us. That's sort of a double meaning, United States, that whole idea. And I that, just got that. Mm, well, mm. it comes – are you serious? U.S. I oh, didn't think of that. Okay, yeah, no. and it comes up a lot in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, yeah, he's really trying to, to get us to think about that. Okay. So it's really about self-destruction and about our current cultural climate and about how we are destroying ourselves? In a in a various amount of ways. Okay. Yeah, in a lot of different ways, yeah. Okay. So what do we do with that? What do we take with, with Get Out? He's making some – uh, maybe some empathetic statements about what it's like to be black in a white America or in us, he's talking about what it's like to be middle class and to not realize that you're part of the problem, to think somebody else is part of the problem. Is this uh, is this a new way of getting a philosophy across? Is it just an artful way of making a point? What do Christians do with movies like this? Is it, oh, that's, hmm, that's interesting, we move on. Or is this something you're like, hey, this is the kind of thing that our cultural, he's creating conversation we need to be having. Yeah, I think, uh, it's a good takeaway for the Christian. It's funny because he actually, there are a lot of biblical references in the movie, specifically the, the scripture, Jeremiah eleven eleven, which is, I have it written down here. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I'm about to bring on them disaster that they cannot escape. They will cry out to me, but I will not hear them, which is a pretty, uh, <laughs> disturbing thing. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really this apocalyptic vision of, like, what's going to happen. Like, this is where we're headed. But it's interesting because Timothy was talking about this earlier. A lot of the movie seems to be, like, getting at the fact that, like, man, we really can't forget about our history. You can't just live life assuming that everything up until now didn't happen. Like, right. like uh, things aren't happening in a vacuum. And it's interesting because when you look at Jeremiah eleven eleven, it's in the context of like this idea of uh, before that, it's ta- the scriptures talking about how God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, out of slavery. So it's it's the verse itself is doing the very same thing that the movie's doing is calling the Israelites to remember their past and not to forget what God had done for them. So I think it's about remembering and not like not forgetting our past and learning from our past and and understanding who you are may have in it's been impacted by the lives of other people who may have never known i don't know does that make sense no i'm with you now for me since i haven't seen it and i think there's a lot of things we talk about on the show that were like hey thematically this is something christians should should interact with but content wise we have to beware is choosing a genre like this does this make it more difficult you think for christians to like we're not doing like hey church trip this week we're taking the youth group to go see us you know uh or is this something where we just need to open up our minds a little bit and say hey some some of the content's gonna be more graphic but the themes are worth it how do you guide the christian through these kind of conversations on what to consume i mean and this is just me personally speaking mm-hmm. i think i even i myself have had to learn that i can't put up in terms of actually engaging the culture, I can't walk around in a box. Yeah. So for me, it, that means engaging the culture on very on different levels. And so I'm not a horror genre fan yeah. in general. And so even going to watch a movie like this for me was just outside of my box in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that if if we as Christians want to think uh, critically and also engage critically the world around us. I think that uh, it would kind of take some, you know, tearing down the, your own walls of saying, okay, this is a safe space for me to operate in, um, and I'm going to 
go and maybe see a movie like us and maybe have some engaging conversations in a way that I wouldn't normally have. Um, and for me, like I said, personally, it, that's just kind of stepping outside of, uh, out of that comfort zone yeah. uh, a little bit. And so I, don't know I, I totally agree. I mean, it's funny, you know, we ask this question, we ask this question about content all the time. Yep. And I feel like what we're doing is saying like, is there nudity? Do you know what I mean? And what's so f- I, look? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're I mean, true. Honestly, it's true. like, but here's the thing: we live in a world where there are so many choices of what to watch. Mm-hmm. And I think the greater question I have is: how are you curating the media that you're watching? In other words, being intentional about the media you're watching. The bigger question is not like, yes, that's part of the question: should I take the youth group to watch it or not? But my bigger question would be like, what are you sitting around and bibing all day long in front of your TV? Mm-hmm. You know, like. Oh, are you going to sit down and watch Friends for the 300th time? Like, mm. you know, that has its own danger. So let's step yeah. back from that. Let's think very critically, as Timothy's saying, about, like, what are ways in which I can watch some things to challenge and grow myself, to be mm. intentional and curate what we're going to spend our time doing in front of screens in general. And I don't mean to get us off topic, but I just think the, the point about content is not – it cannot only be a question of – you know, whether or not there's nudity, whether whether or not there's nudity, or whether or not there's they you know portray God in a good light or not, yeah. it's got to be more about what am I going, how am I, what am I learning, how am I reflecting on God's beauty, how am I, how am I reflecting on culture, and so I think it's a bigger conversation. And, and I guess I'd, I get a little annoyed about the content questions. Well, and I, I think that I think that's how Christians can elevate the culture in general because. Instead of us just mindlessly going just to watch a horror horror film to be entertained, sure, we're always going asking the bigger question: What is this movie director and writer trying to say? That's right. And what is the culture? What what are the what is the culture trying to communicate to me? And so yeah. with that, I'm how am I going to use that information? To engage the world around me. And sure. discerningly say, where do we conflict with what the culture is trying exactly. to say? Yep. Yes. Is yeah. this in line with what we believe? Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with what Timothy's saying. I think the when we're talking about content, we should be concerned with content as Christians Absolutely. because we're supposed to be distinct. We're supposed to be different. Yeah. Um, but we really, I think the first question about content is always like, what is the telos of this thing, this That's cultural object? Point. What is it trying to get at? And if it's like, we can line up with... Like if we're like, man, like what this director is trying to communicate is a really helpful, it's a truth, you know, like he's, he's speaking truth to some degree and we can really Mm -hmm. line up with that. But I think there is a secondary question that you have to ask yourself, is this movie or music going to cause me to stumble? Right. And I think that that's, Christians should be probably, especially younger Christians Mm -hmm. should be asking that question more because I, I get the sense that most of my friends don't ask that question as much anymore. Yeah. And it's less of a problem about nudity and it's more of like a. I'm more concerned with people just not having any sort of filter these days, like when it comes to a younger generation. I I think that's my point. I think what I'm saying is actually be concerned about the content, not a single issue. So, like, if you actually care about what the film is trying to say, if you actually care about the content, what you don't sit down and do is simply ask is, was it too violent? 
maybe I'll see something I'm not supposed to see. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that's important because that's part of the content. So if if all you do is watch horror movies all day long, yeah. you are becoming something by what you consume. Absolutely. So I, I again, and and you have to know your stumbling blocks. You have to know yourself. So yeah. I'm not saying and you have to be honest. I feel like there are a lot yes. of Christians that will justify watching things they know they shouldn't by saying, oh, but the, they're making an interesting point. Sure. And so like, hey, I have no problem with. You know, you name the thing right now that's full of crass anything, violence, sure. nudity, whatever, and say, but because it's a direct, it's artfully done, mm-hmm. and you're not really taking into consideration what you're doing. Like, my wife and I have some very simple rules where we don't watch other people undress, and yeah. we don't watch other people have sex yeah. on TV, on movies, in real life, anywhere. We, we just don't do that. And to me, it's like, that's a very simple, not crazy rule. That and that's, we're both and that's not legalistic, and you shouldn't no, have to. No. I shouldn't have to apologize. justify <laughs> to the world and say, but Christians should watch people undress if the director who's doing it is doing it to make a point. I'm like, tell me the point. But I, I'm also, not going to watch. I want do it. But, and, and let me say this: I I think that's so great, and I I think that's perfect. But people will also say, I won't do that, but I'll sit around and watch mindless, yeah, waste you know, your life. Two it. camera shows of Big Bang Theory. Sorry for like you know, <laughs> fifteen seasons <laughs> of like I'm serious of like nothing. Yeah. I'll watch not. Okay, I won't watch people undress, but I will watch nothing for eighty hours. Yeah. And I'm like, you're. It's it's not equivalent. Yeah. But there is yeah. a different price you're willing to pay, and that I'm just saying, be more cognizant of all of it. I that's think that's yeah. a great yeah. point. I think it's a great point. Well, we got more to talk about. But before <laughs> we keep going, I want to take a minute to talk about our sponsor. All right, let's jump back in and let's change topics. Let's talk a little about Nipsey Hussle. If you pay attention to social media and the news, you may have seen that the, a, a few weeks ago, a man known as Nipsey Hussle, uh, he was gunned down. He was shot. So let's let's talk a little bit. There's a little bit more than that. Just a guy getting shot somewhere, and this was a he's an activist. He had some points to be made, and it is a tragic death. Anytime somebody dies by violence, it's tragic. But let's talk about why this is pertinent to our culture, and why would we be talking about him today? David, can you tell us a little bit about just who was this man? Yeah, I think um, someone else might do a better job than me, but, um, you know, Nipsey Hussle is a rapper, but it se- the more that I, to be honest, when I first saw his name in headlines and saw a lot of people talking about him, I did not know who it was. And so that's what sort of struck my curiosity. I'm like, man, like all these celebrities, uh, like rap, other rappers are like talking about this guy, like he's like some person I should know of that I yeah. don't know of. but. Yeah. The so, but he is a rapper. He's also an entrepreneur. But the more I like learned about him and understood what made him significant was really his activism. So it seems like he was using his craft, his art, and even his business um, in L.A. I think he was in the L.A. area mm-hmm. um, for local sort of outreach, not necessarily like religious outreach but like trying to help the community super involved locally yeah. and like that's what and like just a guy who was all about other people and not himself that's Good. that's what i think really struck a chord with people well this is what's interesting is cuz I, I think if you hear a rapper shot in kind of a drive by situation or in a, in an altercation using a gun you might think in in really um, probably shows some personal biases you might think well of course or you might think well a rapper shot isn't that a story we've heard a million times so is this one of note because Nipsey is maybe different than the cultural idea of what you would think a hip hop artist is all about? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because um, I mean, and just even the fact of if you, if you would have looked at some of the uh, news clips and just the 
regular people in the neighborhood, the, mm-hmm. the tears mm-hmm. that streamed uh, at his passing and as they just gathered around his store and, and gathered, uh, you know, around his vigil, you can tell that he was a people a person of that community. Yeah. And he was not just this, I'm a rapper, I own this, I own that. It was a actual communal giving back to the community um, and, and, also, and just trying to help everybody out. And I think probably one of the, and I have a, a quote here from a question, a question that he asked, you know, about maybe just getting things and, and yeah. building his own wealth. I'd love wealth. to hear it. What is it? Um, so he said, we look at life like it's about what you can get from life. I read something and I was like, that's not what it is. You'll always be unfulfilled if you look at life like that. It's about knowing you're going to leave one day. And you know when you leave, the only way you're going to be fulfilled is if you know you gave everything you had. You emptied yourself here. You left it all here because it's temporary and you've got a moment. Mm. And so I think that <laughs> even just that quote alone kind of encapsulates um, the type of person that he was, and just even from an explicitly Christian perspective, isn't that how all Christians should be mm. in general? Yeah. Um, and so, like, and I look at that and I see a really great example of what looking like Christ and walking like Christ um, is like. Um, and I don't always get that even just from some of the Christian circles that I'm around. Yeah. Unfortunately. And just like, you know, we're talking about us, you know, I myself get wrapped up in middle-class American, in a middle-class American lifestyle, um, where it's about me, 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 how much wealth can I get? How much wealth can I save? Um, and I'm not really looking to invest into people, whether that's with my time or with my money. And he was somebody that did that, and he did that over time, and he built that, um, you know, legacy in his neighborhood, for his neighborhood, and you can see how that just affects people on a global scale. So, but he he didn't try to start on a global scale. You know, he tried to start right there in his local community. Which I love, and I think his life kind of portrays, uh, or maybe like a foil, it amplifies uh, the typical kind of artistry hypocrisy that we're used to where you can see it's really popular right now, regardless of genre, to be talking about or singing about social issues, social justice, and yet you don't expect maybe that artist to also be the one who's doing Mm -hmm. something about it. Uh, Maybe a connection to Christian culture is we sing worship songs on Sunday where our whole life is given to Christ, but you might see us during during the week look, totally different from that Mm. and saying like, this is what we're all about. This is what we're all about. And then we're not all about that. So what Nipsey Hussle's life seems to portray a little bit, is this a man who cared about social issues locally and put his money where his mouth is and said, I'm going to be about this work. We're not saying he was a perfect man. We're not saying he was Jesus Christ. We're saying what's interesting here is he displays the hypocrisy in much of what we see and displays a really cool musical artistry honesty where it's like, these are the things we're going to be about. And you could see him doing it. And and you see how the big impact that that had on people and the fact that like when he died that so many people were moved by that because he stood out right and so it does it it really pushes you to think about like man like think about if there were you know christians were really living this way this sort of attention in a good way that Mm -hmm. we not like attention for our own selves but attention that would point to god ultimately and then to others yeah if we were to live lives this way and we were really focused on our local communities and our local you know local issues in our community and i've heard people say before individually if you were gone tomorrow would your community know the difference Mm. or uh, corporately if your church was gone tomorrow would your community care 
And I think it is a fascinating thing to kind of explore and think back on. Nipsey, obviously, his community feels like he'll be missed if the Village Church Plano, soon to be Citizens Church, was gone, or the Village Church Flower Mound, or South Lake, or if Eastside Community Church were suddenly gone, would our community mourn? Would they even notice. And I think Nipsey's an interesting case study on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's shift gears to our last topic. And this one uh, is a huge cultural phenomenon. I'm sure some people saw this in the title and they only listened to this episode to get to this conversation. And they'll probably be disappointed. They've been waiting, uh, They've been waiting for <laughs> 10 years for us to talk about 10 this. years. Seriously. Hamilton is not there. <laughs> well, in some the ways, man. Hamilton's been around since the founding fathers. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a, it's a musical phenomenon. It's been around for a while now. And it's kind of this unlikely hip-hop hero, Hamilton, right? Uh, I think when you've heard uh, the guy who wrote it, the guy who directed it and starred in it, Lin-Manuel, talk about it. He talks about how Hamilton is like this this hip-hop icon in all the way he lived, but not in necessarily music. And now he's kind of putting music to his life. And it's... I mean, people are buying tickets to this thing that you could either... You could fly to Hawaii or you could spend two hours listening to this music live. And it's, it's... it is making tons of cash. It is a huge phenomenon. Lots of people are listening to it, although the three of you have never seen it. <laughs> so I had never listened to the music before and went to see it a couple weeks ago, and it was it was really, really good. I was impressed with it. But can we talk about this for just a minute? Why do you think, why in this unlikely hip-hop musical, what makes this so popular? Why, why is it so important culturally? And we can talk a little about the casting, too. You guys, I hope one of you guys is aware of the casting difference sure. in this musical between other yeah. ones. Adam, what's the difference between, if somebody has no idea what this is, how is Hamilton cast differently than maybe a, another musical you might see on Broadway? Well, I mean, I think, first of all, it's just an extremely diverse cast. Yes. Um, and I think it's a cast that it's intentionally trying to represent America. There's this tie and this connection, right? It's like, wh- who did the founding... I, the founding fathers didn't realize what we were going to become. Yeah. And so there's this interesting tie that happens when we go back and we look at... at it is a it is a musical about one of the founding fathers of, of our country, in a yeah. sense. And... And it's and the cast is played by contemporary America. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so there's this, this sense of uh, diversity that's brought in, and they're also and it's also what you said. They're also sort of looking at history through the lens through a contemporary lens. If yes, that makes sense, absolutely. Which they some are. people would say, oh, that's a, that's a mistake. If you're it's like revisionist, to, yeah, it's revisionist. If yep. especially if you're trying to like study history, but mm-hmm. I think it's like a cultural phenomenon. It actually has helped. Uh, open our eyes and it's actually brought people who would would you know probably not really want to go want to study Alexander Hamilton right absolutely uh, right. who would who now are looking back and finding sort of our our founding and our foundation and there. people who wouldn't maybe normally go to a Broadway play, oh, and who right? wouldn't go to a broad, Broadway or musical play, or yeah. musical yeah so they're being introduced to a, you know basically a, a genre an art form but also yeah. being introduced to a history and I think it's having it's helping us maybe for some of us discover our roots and for some of us rediscover our roots. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm with you. Yeah. What did you think of it? You, you're the you only one, it. you're the only one who's seen it. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've heard the songs. You've seen some. You have heard the songs? Yeah. Okay. Do you know any of the themes of the musical? Do you know kind of what the, the themes of his life that he's playing off of? Sure. Let me explain that a little bit. Cause I think there's some spiritual elements there. One, this is a man who, um, ambition is a huge theme of the musical where he's like, I need to, 
I'm going to climb out of the uh, kind of immigrant community he came from in the Caribbean into New York City and become this uh, brilliant man who studies and learns and gets his education and he wants to make a difference in his country. And I think one of the questions you're left with, because he sacrifices everything to accomplish his goals, and it's is he doing this for the sake of the nation altruistically mm-hmm. or is he doing it for himself egotistically. And I think uh, the musical doesn't really answer that question. I think they'd like to say is for the sake of the nation. He's just this great man. But I think in general, you can see he is ambitiously trying to live his legacy. In fact, the last song of the musical is who's going to tell your story. You know, it's who's who's going to uh, communicate all that you've done and think about everything you have. And there's also some beautiful themes. In fact, I, I did cry at one point in the musical mm. because it talks about um, one, his son dying, uh, to protect his honor, and his honor, he was a disreputable man. He had had an affair, and he had confessed to this affair publicly because it was going to be manipulated against him privately. And so his son tries to defend his honor and dies in a duel on his behalf. So you see this son defending a dishonorable father, his honor, mm. and it, this theme of forgiveness where his wife, even after the affair and after the son's death, stays with him and forgives him. And there's some beautiful thematic elements there that spiritually I think are pretty significant. Mm. But you're left with kind of the battle of ego and forgiveness and a nation being developed at the same time and a lot of rivalry. In fact, one of the best musical elements I think of the entire thing is he takes um, uh, debates and turns them into rap battles. So it's like Thomas Jefferson and Alex Alexander Hamilton debating about uh, the economy. And he turns it into a rap battle where they're like facing off against each other. And it's really brilliantly done. I think it's fantastic. Timothy, have you heard any of the musical? You know anything about it? Uh, you should have uh, started that with spoiler alert. Okay. Because I did not know any of that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just kidding. It's been around for hundreds of years, remember? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I, I haven't. I was told to uh, listen to the album before I came here, and I forgot to do that. Um, and I like that, though, because honestly, I went in fresh, not knowing anything. Honestly, I, I kept thinking he was going to get elected president. This is how little no. I knew. <laughs> he really no. did. And then when he dies, sorry, he dies, I thought, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> he never got elected. Uh, it really showed. And yes, I'm a certified history teacher, public you education are. in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, guys. Wow. Uh, but there are some spiritual value to it. It is a celebration, too, of the of the hip-hop genre. I think Hamilton displays kind of the, um, the uh, uh, flexibility of that genre to cover a wide variety of things, and it is compelling. The music is compelling. There's ballads, too. I thought the whole thing was going to be hip-hop, but there's there's kind of soft ballads, and there's big you like sweeping that. songs, and mm. I, I actually really prefer the hip-hop songs. I have a, I have a question but, about that. Yeah. So I was watching, um, you ever heard of the shop, LeBron James's show no. on HBO? No, okay. tell me about it. They sit around a barber shop having conversations about Sports about politics. Really, just much. making money off of what happens every Saturday in barbershops. Just filming the, it. This is true. It. This is yeah. true. <laughs> but um, this is true. Um, they have a conversation about Hamilton, and I was yeah. like, Snoop Dogg is in the room. I'm trying to remember who else is in the room. Maybe Draymond Green plays yeah. for the Golden State Warriors, and uh, they are pretty hard on Hamilton. Like they really? kind of they kind of make fun of it, and um, I get the sense that that crowd on that show in particular. Like specifically LeBron, it he seems to think that maybe it's like there's a little bit of cultural appropriation happening with That's Hamilton. Interesting. And I hadn't thought of it that way before I watched that episode because I thought of it more of as a celebration of hip hop. Yeah. And given the diverse cast and things that we've already talked about. And so we may not be able to answer this question, but I'm curious of like having seen it, uh-huh. do you have 
do you have a take on on, do I have on, a take on, on, on whether or not Hamilton is cultural appropriation <laughs> of hip hop culture? Yes, I don't think I do off the top of my head. I do think if, if you study the man who wrote the musical, I think you understand a little bit more of why he wrote it. Mm-hmm. When you have a man who's who's immigrated, I believe from Puerto Rico, who writes a story about another man who immigrated from the Caribbean to become a great kind of American legend, set up the economy in America, which is what Hamilton did. And yet he had his own flaws and his own brokenness. And you study Lin-Manuel and you're like, okay, this is his gift is music. And he had a songwriter with him. He didn't do the whole thing by himself. But he's also, he loves hip hop. He's freestyled for a long time. Yes. Yes. So it's not like he's like, hey, I should start from scratch and try to work into this hip hop thing. I think he's writing in a language that he knows well about a story that he relates to. Sure. And in that, there's kind of a beauty of the artist uh, bringing to life something that's powerful. Now, just like any other musical genre, we're going to find somebody within every genre, even the ones we like, that we're like, I just don't think your version of it is my style. And I get that. But uh, to teach history, I don't think is the goal of Hamilton. It's not, hey, we're going to teach you about what happened, but it certainly involves a lot. It was inspired by Alexander Hamilton's biography. I can't remember the author who wrote it. Yeah. I don't know what I would say about the cultural appropriation, but I believe there are people out there that would think that is not my thing. And well, Broadway I, musicals in general may not I wonder be if I wonder if some people take offense to it because it is the more widely accepted, safe version of mm-hmm. the genre hip-hop. And hmm. so now that it's accepted by all of these other people who wouldn't normally uh, associate themselves with hip-hop, now so are are okay with associating themselves with hip hop and it's like okay you're just taking something that we've done yeah uh for years and there's a struggle that comes along with it and now you enjoy it how come you don't enjoy our struggle in the same way that you enjoy his struggle that is a fantastic question which is a, yeah, I, I think possibly. that's a, you could maybe even pose the same question about christian rap too though right like mm. not to i feel like i'm getting on a rabbit trail here <laughs> No. But like Go you ahead. could probably, I don't know, I don't have anything else to say, but I'm just thinking like people could have the same pushback when it comes to Christian rap, basically mm-hmm. taking a genre, cleaning it up, putting your own message in it and making it something else. Like, I don't think that that's what's happening, mm-hmm. to be clear. That's not my position. But, but the reason yeah. why some people may take offense at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of same, sense. I mean, you could say the same thing about CCM though. And I've heard as somebody who grew up playing music. I always heard that it was the wa- it's that CCM was the watered version. down version of U2 songs. You mm. know what I mean? So like, yeah, I mean, we could take True. the argument in True. any direction. Yeah. So. Christian music, that's coming up on episode 92. Yeah, so we'll talk more about that soon about how maybe Christians we will reappropriate things in culture and make them safe for our kids or safe for listening and that's again back to the content question we talked about earlier but I hope this has been a really good cultural roundup for everybody I certainly learned some things today and have some things I need to catch up on as well that's always the challenge on the show is keeping my finger on the pulse of culture is something that is always ongoing Christians should be involved in but that does not mean Christians should partake and participate in everything our culture is doing. But I hope this is helpful as we take a look at how faith and culture interact. If there's anything you heard on the show that you'd like to know more about, you can find details on our website. Today's episode was produced by David Roark and edited and mixed by Chris Starrett. We'll see you next time. God bless and thanks for listening.